time to run. Welcome to the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. You have happened across the only podcast completely dedicated to learning and mastering the Jeff Galloway run-walk-run training method right from Jeff himself. Jeff's run-walk-run training method has been developed and evolved over many years using feedback from nearly half a million of your fellow runners. This podcast will run-walk-run you gently through Jeff's training methods to get you to the finish line of your next event or simply help you run to your 100. So lace up those running shoes and let's get moving. Welcome to episode 8.6 of the Extra Mob Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. How's everyone? This is uh, Kevin, and I'm out for a coffee walk this morning, early in the morning. It's a little bit nippy here, but not a cloud in the sky. Crisp, I think, is how I would describe today's walk. I'm into the routine with my training right now, which, by the way, I'm training for nothing, sadly, and I'll get into that in a minute, but I'm into the routine of um, a little walk in the morning with a cup of coffee. That's why I call it my coffee walk. Today, I do the little coffee walk in the morning, a couple of miles, and then um, get out for my run walk around lunchtime, and that's been my standard five miler, kind of mixing up the different ratios depending on how I feel, depending on the day of the week and the weather, and et cetera, et cetera. But I always try to get five miles in whatever I'm doing. Um, today's a little bit different, just that it's also a uh, weight training day. So on the days that I actually lift weights, I try to go a little bit farther on my walks, on my coffee walks. So today I'll be doing three miles, uh, not setting any land speed records and not doing any gwinning at all. No no, uh, short jogging intervals today, just three miles at a steady pace for the walk. And then, since I'll be lifting a little bit later, I will go out for my run walk. And those are the days that I try to add a little quality, maybe, or specificity. I had to slow down for that that one. So those are the days that I'll try to do some acceleration gliders um, or some cadence drills and um, push the run a little bit, right? So add, add a little quality to the run. And then come back and I'll do my lifting. I am not a heavy lifter. I have a very short um, dumbbell routine, full body dumbbell routine that I've been doing. It takes me about 
25, 20 to 25 minutes. And um, it's actually a routine I found that I, um, at a site on um, YouTube. It's a really good video. So I've got that one memorized pretty, pretty good. And all I'm trying to do is maybe build a little muscle, but more importantly, stop the atrophy, right? I'm getting up there in age and you know what happens to the muscles as you get older. So anyway, training for nothing and sad to say that I will not be heading down to Atlanta to join all my lovable extra milers for the JG 13.1, even though it is a homecoming of sorts. You'll hear Jeff talk a little bit about that. I'm afraid you all have to get along without me. So in this episode, I got some good stuff. First, we're going to catch up with Jeff Galloway, as we always do, as he continues on his comeback trail. He's getting more expo appearances, right? He's back to traveling. So listen closely if you are interested in catching up with him somewhere and getting that selfie or autograph, buy one of those books that he brings with him and get the autograph you've been wanting. Um, His retreats are back. He's back to his Run Disney events. So give a listen to that if you're interested in catching up with Jeff as he takes his time and smartly gets back to normal. We will discuss a run-walk-run topic with Jeff and um, that topic's going to be getting that long run into the double digits. You know, 10 miles and up. Anything over 9, right? Double digits. Should we be doing it? And if so... What's the smartest way? How to do it? And once again, like I said, he'll be giving us that Jeff Galloway 13.1 homecoming update that at the time of this recording is only about five weeks away. And then, of course, we will catch up with Coach Twiggs as he gets back to his traveling. Also, we will dig into his customized training program brain and ask coach twigs about setting goals should we set goals what what are good goals and what are bad goals what are realistic goals and how should we expect to maybe adjust those goals as we go along and lastly i ask the question is there life after running if something happens and there's just no way we can run till we're 100. Does that mean that our only option is to sit on the couch and eat ourselves onto my 600-pound life television show? Lots of good stuff in this episode. So stick around. We can chat about some of it at the end. And y'all enjoy your extra mile. Okay, it's been far too long before we've checked in with our favorite run, walk, run coach. Let's head over to the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition Hotline, and check in with Coach Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How's things going? Kevin, I tell you, I'm feeling wonderful these days. I'm running every other day. And with the endorphins and the brain being turned on, life is good. That that is the... um, 
the one question I get more often than any other question on our social media pages, and that is, how is Jeff doing these days? Um, tell us a little bit about your, your current health situation and your running situation. It's a really interesting turn of life to have gone through a heart attack when you do not expect that that would ever happen to you. Uh, I wasn't shocked because I had known quite a few runners over the years who were in similar situations, had good healthy eating, had also exercised practically their whole lives, and still had a heart attack. Uh, there are so many variables that could produce that. But um, I looked at this as a chance to learn and a chance to help other people. And I've already uh, started work on a book that will be called Cardiac Comeback. And Whoa, nice. Yes. And it, it involves not just myself, but um, a number of other people that have gone through uh, the cardiac challenge, uh, the issues involved. One of them is one of my e-coach clients who actually has had a heart transplant and is training for Donna's marathon in Jacksonville. And uh, just very inspirational person is responding extremely well. And this is, there's so many individual issues that we're going to cover as many of them as we can. But the bottom line is, I'm very fortunate. I happened to have a great medical team that was looking into the challenges I was having and saved my life. And I owe it to them and to the others who are trying to promote a healthy lifestyle, whether it be in the cardiac area or other areas. And I feel I need to help as many people as I possibly can. So uh, my mission has not been diminished at all. If anything, it's been turned up. Uh, I happen to feel really good uh, all day long, thanks to my wonderful wife, Barb, who keeps me focused and also uh, keeps producing healthy food uh, and uh, many other things. We support one another. So I'm very lucky. Thanks for asking. And I'm here to help you. So please, any of you, let me know if I can help you. That is very good. So, so you tease this book. I don't suppose there's any sort of um, date in mind yet. You're, you're still in the middle of this? Uh, I'm just getting started on oh, Okay. It. There are um, a lot of procedural things that I'm going to have to look into, but I do want to uh, have input from a wide range of medical authorities that have dealt with bringing people back into exercise, not just coming back after a heart attack, but back into exercise, because this is becoming a theme in cardiac rehab. Right. Very good. Well, we'll all look forward to that. So why don't we catch up? Because it's it's been a while since you and I have chatted. And the big thing that I see when I look, when I play the game more in the world as Jeff Galloway is that you're back to traveling and making some public appearances. That's put, that puts a smile on my face. 
Well, it, it's, it puts joy in my heart because um, I really missed the opportunity to get out there, interact with people, help solve problems, uh, get their feedback that they've been able to do this, that, and the other because of the advice that I gave them. It, it's just a wonderful part of my life and has been for more than 40 years. And when it was taken away during COVID, um, I knew I missed it, but it really took going to the Des Moines Marathon and being at the expo throughout uh, the duration of that to fully understand emotionally the, the gap that I had when I wasn't able to get out there and do it and see people come together again and talk running and inspire one another and then be there at the race when people are helping one another during the race and, uh, and then congratulating one another afterwards. Oh my gosh. If you could bottle that energy, you could run a whole city for a year. <laughs> Great stuff. And, there, and, and we're coming back. There must have been a pent up um, demand and that energy must have just been released at that, at that marathon, huh? Yes, and it was uh, not only released for my family members, who uh, a majority of the Galloways were there. Yeah, uh, was the announcer. Uh, Weston ran the marathon, and uh, our sixteen-month-old uh, son Elliot ran his first race. He ran a hundred uh, meter, approximately, and. Uh, Stop for pebbles along the way. <laughs> took that took that little break every now and then, didn't he? He sure did. <laughs> um, I see that you're you're going to be somewhere. I, I believe it's next weekend from the time we're recording, and it also does my heart good to know that Run Disney events are back. Where are you going next weekend? It's the Wine and Dine weekend down in Orlando at uh, at Walt Disney World, and. Yeah, you know, so many people have checked in with me saying, can't wait, I'm coming by the booth. And yes, uh, Disney does spoil us with what they do. Uh, I'm sure they're going to go overboard to make everything safe and uh, show the world that you can put on a safe event. And I can't wait to get down there next week. That's always been one of your favorite events. I know you you talk that one up big, the wine and dine. Well, I mean, when you're talking about whining and dining, <laughs> running, I mean, how could good, it miss? Good combination, huh? I also yeah. it also does my heart good to know that your retreats are back, and there's one coming up in the, on the west coast here soon. Our first Carmel retreat, uh, we will be doing that after wine and dine, flying out to the west coast. And, uh, you know, Carmel and Lake Tahoe and, and the, uh, the Panhandle of Florida are three areas that are just near and dear to my history. And I just love the chance to share this with others uh, where we can actually do a lot of individualization. And uh, that's something that we have really missed, too. So, yes, and there will be more of the beach retreats on the Panhandle of Florida coming up next year. 
How exciting. That's very great. And then, of course, in um, in mid-December, December uh, 18th and 19th, we're back to a homecoming down there in Atlanta, right? Yes. Um, it has been way too long that us Galloway folks from around the world have had a chance to get back together. And we can do that now. All, all the uh, flags are flying. Uh, in the right direction, and uh, it looks like we're going to be able to hold an in-person event on our course, but it's going to be just a great homecoming. I think that this could be the most upbeat event that you've ever been to, so we hope that you can join us, and if not, join the uh, virtual because you're going to be a part of that energy, and there will be a number of things that we will be able to share so that you can join in. I, I keep calling it the Jeff Galloway 13.1, but that's that's wrong. It's really Jeff Galloway 13.1 race weekend because you have got so many events going on all weekend long, starting with the with the with Barb's 5K on that Saturday, right? Yeah, actually, starting with uh, the gatherings that we will have in my Fidipides store on Friday, and uh, we'll have some other special uh, gatherings. I'm not sure that uh, we have set up the time yet, but we want uh, Galloway Extra Milers uh, to have a special time there, too, and our Galloway training program folks. So uh, stay tuned. Yes, we'll stay tuned. Have right. a lot of fun things going on. Um, you've got a half marathon, a 5K, you've got the double G, which is running both of those. You've even got a uh, three-person relay, which is fun. Well, there are people that uh, did not maintain their same level of training during COVID. So they're in the process of coming back right now. And we wanted to offer them that opportunity to join with others and do a relay and be part of the 13.1. That's that's an exciting one. So um, stay tuned for more on that. But um, at um, at the website, and I'll post that in the show notes, um, there's a lot of information already. It's jeffgalloway131.com, but there's accommodations if you're coming in from out of town, um, signing up, and go over there and look at the, at the prices on some of these races. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised i don't know how you do it jeff but these these races are so reasonable it's it it, it does my heart good to see somebody not really gouging the fellow runners this is amazing i don't know how you do it well we are not making a profit on this we want to share the opportunity to come together it's it's the homecoming part and it's so powerful when we do get together so join us Let's um, change gears if we could, Jeff, and talk a little bit about Run, Walk, Run. Um, before I jump into that, you, you, you and I spoke a little bit before. What's your long run these days? I know you're back to running. What's your long run? I'm proud to say that I, um, last Sunday, ran the longest that I have run since my heart attack of eight miles. And it was wonderful. I had the strength all the way to the end, no letdowns, and actually a negative split. Um, and I'm looking forward to the 10 miler. 
Um, you've got a 10 miler on, on the books already, do you? Is that, is that your next run or long run or? It's the next long run. Very good. So that segues really well into something I want to talk about um, this week on run, walk, run, if we could. Um, and, and that topic is how do we get our long run into the double digits? A lot of runners just have told me they can't get there when they hit nine miles. It's just, I think maybe it's mental, maybe it's not, but I'd like to talk to you a little bit about getting that long run into double digits. And, and the first thing I want to ask before I ask how is I want to ask why, um, do we need to do that? Why would we want to do that? There is a significant realization that people get when they have gone into something that is around double digits. And of course, this varies with individuals. Uh, I have known some people that uh, somewhere seven, eight or nine miles has been that uh, amazing feeling of accomplishment. Uh, but I'd say that a uh, high percentage of beginners uh, have uh, this fixation of double digits as something that really signifies that they have made it into the endurance world. And uh, the bottom line here is that almost anybody who can jog around their block can go 10 miles, but they have to really be sensitive to their own needs. They have to start at their current ability level. They have to go extremely slow and they have to put liberal walk breaks or lots of walking in there. And uh, once they make all of these changes and uh, become more conservative, the body keeps restoring itself as you keep increasing the distance of the long one. Let's talk a little bit of the specifics of, of how one would go about joining the mile 10 club and, and obviously doing it injury free. Um, the, the long run should be performed in this scenario. How often? Every other week. And, and what's the increase every other week for that long run? There are individual issues here because okay. there's some people that are, well, they chose their parents better and, and <laughs> they may not have done any running they have done other activities like hiking and so forth, and they can sometimes progress more quickly. And then there are others that for a wide range of reasons are not progressing as quickly as the average person would. So you have to, this is why you really have to be attuned to what your current capability is and adjust to that. But the bottom line is, that walking will give you all the endurance that running will. And so um, if you, once you, when you start, and I recommend that all long runs start with a walk, uh, if you have any issues along the way, use walking as a reset. Uh, a nice walk of three to five minutes will usually reset an area that might have gotten aggravated, or when you start to feel much more fatigued than you usually feel at a given distance, then it's time to shift 
to walking. Now, you may get back into some form of running later on, but again, walking will keep you on track towards your goal of extending the endurance to double digits. Um, but the general rule of a long run for a beginner is that uh, the pace of the long run should be at least two minutes per mile slower than you run on your short runs. Uh, if you, and I do suggest even going farther and using our magic mile. Uh, and on the magic mile calculator at jeffgalloway.com, you will find an indication as to what's a safe pace for long runs. So you can be and, and also then what the run, walk, run strategy should be for that. Um, the other major issues deal with the practical aspects of this. Uh, you wanna make sure that you uh, add nutrition to the mix. And um, as you reach five miles and more, most runners find that they have low blood sugar issues towards the end of the runs. And this can be prevented by ingestion of a blood sugar booster from the beginning. The rule of thumb here is every two miles, drink two to four ounces of water and consume 30 to 40 calories of sugar. And when you do that, you keep propping up your blood sugar level so that it never has to crash. Um, after long runs, you want to uh, reload with a snack of 200 to 300 calories. And it's best if that snack is composed of about 80% simple carbohydrates and 20% protein. But it's okay if the snack is 100% simple carbohydrates. You're only taking in 200 to 300 calories, but it's the simple carbohydrates that are the most important for reloading the glycogen stores. And you need to reload within 30 minutes after a run. That's a crucial time period. The Endurox R4 product has the 80% simple carb, 20% formula in it. So you really don't have to think. You can just use the, uh, the powder form. And by the way, a little uh, recent research tidbit, a study down in Brazil found that coffee can actually help the, uh, the body reload glycogen stores better than water. And so uh, from now on, I'm going to be drinking I'm gonna <laughs> be coffee in my Endurox R4. <laughs> well, if I, I seem to remember, you never had trouble getting enough coffee in you. I know you're a coffee lover, aren't you? Yes, and I've got some now. Got it right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, just a, kind of a side note. What's your opinion of, I, I seem to see a lot of folks now that are, are getting into chocolate milk at the end of a run. Are you a chocolate milk kind of guy? No, I'm not. Um, chocolate milk tastes good and, and it's, it's very pleasing. But unfortunately, for reloading purposes, it has three strikes against it. Uh, the first one is lactose intolerance, which most people have to some extent. 
And that can mean uh, a delay of about 20 minutes or so, uh, somewhere between 10 and 30 minute delay. Um, the next problem is the uh, curdling digestion process that dairy products have to go through in the human body. And, and that is about 20 to 30 minutes by itself. And with a lot of people I know who have looked into the research, they feel that it's more like 40 minutes. So you're already out of the window of being able to absorb for benefit uh, chocolate milk. And the third strike, which also delays it, is fat. Um, but you might say, well, I drink fat-free uh, chocolate milk. The problem there is the FDA allows dairy producers to put half a percent of fat in their non-fat products, and they all do it because the chocolate milk tastes better that way. <laughs> and unfortunately, that slows the digestion down another 10 to 20 minutes. So you're not going to get the benefit in reloading of chocolate milk. Now, if you like chocolate milk, I have nothing against you drinking chocolate milk. Just uh, don't rely on it as a reloading beverage. Very good. Very good. Um, I have one, uh, two, two quick things, but one thing that I wanted to ask, a question from a listener, if I could, Jeff, if we change gears a, a little bit. And it's from our friend, Allison at St. St. Louis, she sent me a, a note and asked me to ask you this question. It's it's rather intriguing to me. She mentions that many races are now publishing their courses and even include some elevation maps. Um, do you suggest any any way of using this information to incorporate into your training or your race strategy? Allison and I have uh, worked together on yes. Uh, training issues and so forth. And it's good to reconnect with you, Allison. The uh, benefit from uh, looking at the course data is, uh, is usually positive. I do uh, talk to several runners every year who get psyched out when they look at, at a given <laughs> course about to run. So you have to just realize what your reaction might be based on your past history of looking at uh, such course data. But if you use it as a preparation uh, long enough in advance, you can actually stage your workouts to be able to mimic what you're going to be doing on the course itself. Uh, at the very least, the course profile is going to prepare you for what's coming up so that you don't get blindsided and you don't suddenly have that hill at a certain point that you didn't know was there. So I do recommend interacting with it. Just uh, use it the way that you feel is going to work best for you. Very good. Um, two other quick topics, um, uh, catching up a little bit more. Um, the last time we spoke, you were just kicking off Club Jeff. How's that, how's that going these days? And this, is this too late to join Club Jeff? No, we're just getting started. Actually. Oh, good. And uh, we have uh, a number of different connections that we are in increasing over the next few months. Uh, ways to uh, to have uh, smaller population uh, meet and greets where we can talk over uh, issues that that are important to you without having hundreds of people out there. We will only have 
uh, usually a, a dozen to two dozen people uh, at the max. And um, we also are having some uh, offering some special discounts with our club, Jeff. There's uh, some pretty nice swag too, a, a nice backpack and a nice beach towel and so forth. So we're looking forward to uh, bringing people together, uh, particularly those that are not in a city where there's a Galloway training program and you don't have uh, very many, if any, people that you know who use our method. This is a way of staying connected with uh, the Galloway method and with the ability to ask any questions and to feel the support of our community. I have not met any community in my whole life that is more supportive and more positive combination than the Galloway Runners. It's just a wonderful group of people, and we want to bring people together with our club, Jeff. I will um, put a link in the show notes where you can get um, full details about Club Jeff. The last thing I want to ask you about is some sort of new challenge you're looking at putting together closer to the first of the year. Tell us about that. Well, we've been working on this for a good while, uh, a, a number of months, more than six. And we're finally getting to the point where we're ready to talk about launching it on the 1st of January. It is a challenge that uh, virtually runs over the route that Fidipides ran. The, the significance is that that run was directly tied into the, the, into the development of democracy uh, as we experience it to this day. And um, I have some very interesting observations and interpretations about how the messenger runners were direct, more directly tied into the development and promotion of democracy through the Battle of Marathon than uh, is recorded in the history books. So there's a historical narrative that I think you're going to really like. Uh, and I do a lot. I do most of the narration of that. Um, my friend Dean Carnassus has joined us in the uh, promotion and development of this program. Uh, it's, it's an exciting journey and it is history. It, uh, the founder of our sport was Fidipides. So you have a chance to run in his virtual footprints starting the 1st of January. That's the, amazing. The trek will go from Athens, where Fidipides started, to Sparta to uh, address the Spartans and try to get them to come to the aid of their enemies, the Athenians, and Pheidippides was successful in getting them to uh, agree to that. Then the route goes from Sparta to Marathon, where the famous battle was fought, and uh, a number of interesting things happened, and those will be chronicled during the, the journey. And then the final leg of it was from the Battle of Marathon to Athens. And that has a whole lot of historical tidbits that you may not and probably have not ever known about that uh, I discovered during the research for this. So 
looking forward to it. I think you'll be inspired and uh, entertained as you do something that you might never have done. Cover that distance. That's great. That's great. I've done a little bit of reading myself, and I'm always amazed that that um, most runners know the story, the, but but only from a thirty thousand foot level. There's so much detail and and uh, intriguing history in in that. And and most people think he ran twenty five miles, and that's all he did. Well, that's that was like a, a warm up run for the guy, and I and I can't wait to hear about some of that history stuff you talk about. Those messengers were amazing people. I mean, uh, they were they were really smart because not only did they have to run extremely long distances uh, just whenever told to do so, but they had to negotiate deals. They had to realize when they were in the presence of someone how they needed to adjust to that person and then what the political trends were going on so they didn't really step on any toes. It, it was really an interesting uh, bit of historical uh, uh, journeys that were made, mind, body, and spirit in this, uh, in this challenge. So I hope you'll join us for it. Oh, can't wait. Can't wait. That's a good teaser too. Jeff, that's all I have today. Is there anything else we need to chat about before I let you get back to your day? I can't think of anything right now, Kevin, but uh, first of all, I want to thank you for your great work in this. You really help inspire people and keep them motivated and get them back on track when they sort of drop by the wayside. <laughs> and I also want to address to one of you out there. You have the opportunity to transform yourself in a number of positive ways in running is one of the key ways to keep you on track, to allow you to change your brain in a positive direction, and then to accomplish things that you never thought were possible. Please let me know if I can help you in any way. You're awesome. Thanks, Jeff. You have a good day. Tell Barb we said hi, and uh, good luck to Elliot and his upcoming race, his next one too. Absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Okay. Take care. Have a good one. Okay, here's a part of the show that I always look forward to, and uh, we're going to head over and catch up with Coach Chris Twiggs. Hey, Coach, how's the life? Life is good. Life is good. I'm doing great here, Kevin. How about yourself? Good. I'm doing well, too. Um, cool. It's fall here, which means a lot different than than there, I, I assume, although I did have a conversation with a, a work buddy who lives in Orlando, and he was complaining about the 50-degree weather he had down there. Yeah, um, it was this past weekend, we had a cold snap down there, which actually was a great benefit to those of us that were running the wine and dine half marathon. The temperature was perfect, perfect for running. Um, but thankfully, it's returned to a, a crisp 73 degrees here right now. Whoa. And, uh, and I'll take nice. it. Nice. So, so that's a great segue, although I didn't mean it to be like that, to figure out where you've been lately. I heard you say you were at... Um, the wine and dine. So I guess let's start there. That's very recent, just as of this recording, just a few days ago, right? Yeah, absolutely. Gosh, it was, it was fantastic, man, to be, well, first of all, that was the first time that I have been with Jeff Galloway in person 
since uh, February of 2020. Wow. So, um, so I was, I was thrilled to be there. I got to spend several days at the expo with Jeff and with Barb. I got to see people lining up to get selfies with him and to get autographs and, and get to tell Jeff Galloway how important he is to them. And, uh, and that was great to see. And, and of course, so many people delighted to see him in person and, and yeah. see that he is healthy. Uh, so that was fantastic. Expo went really well. The race went really well. We had pacers out there. All the pace groups, every single one of the pace groups finished within seconds of their goal times. Um, one of the pace groups nailed the uh, the finish to the set, you know, on right. target exactly. So good, you know, good time was had by all. You guys are always so good at that. I don't know how you do it, but I guess that's your job. That's what you make the big bucks for, isn't it? You know, it's it's exactly. You don't you don't tell. Uh, <laughs> You know, you, you don't tell the uh, the major league pitcher you're surprised he can throw fastballs. So. Exactly, you just expect it. So I I um I made mention of that race and your pacing on that other podcast, and I know I know that you said you listened to it, and I was going from memory. What which which one of those did you pace? I said an hour and forty five, but yeah, that's right, hour that right? and forty five, eight and minutes I- per mile. Um, we've we have paced faster at that race and at Jeff's half marathon. Um, for the half, uh, we paced up to 130, and you just don't get many takers uh-huh. up there. Yeah. Um, and when you, especially at the Disney race where they limit us to a certain number of pacers, and, and the pacers are getting the race for free. Um, so I understand why Disney's going to limit the number of, uh, of, of free slots they give out because Lord knows Disney is not making nearly enough money right now. Oh, God. So, I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. On a shoestring budget. So, um, so anyway, uh, we, we, it's not worth it to put pacers much faster. So 145 is usually where we start for the half marathon. And we have a fair number of people that run with us and, uh, it's, it's loads of fun. I tell you, honestly, I credit bird in hand, uh, and running with just plain Dave up there, giving me the confidence, uh, to know that I was fine to pace 145. Cause he and I were slightly faster than that pace on that hilly course up there. So I'm like, okay, I haven't lost too much during right. the, uh, well good we'll credit that one to just plain dave then good job just just plain dave good job um and i think i gave you credit for coming within 10 seconds of that pace was i anywhere close yeah i actually nailed it ah one four five zero zero so (laughs) good on you um what else was that the first race you've done in the last month or two Uh, yeah i mean since um that's the only race i've done since burden hand um, and bird in hand was the first race I had done since March. Well, no. Okay. I did that little hundred miler in Colorado. Oh, I guess that forgot about that thing. Yeah. I forgot about that too. So, um, so yeah, but that was the first race I had done. I actually took a, a fair amount of time off. Um, the weekend after bird in hand, I did a virtual marathon and then I took, uh, some time off running between that and Boston marathon weekend. And then I did a, a virtual marathon that weekend. I was not running the in-person Boston. My wife mm-hmm. did, but I, I did the virtual up there. And uh, so I, I took a fair amount of time off, about three weeks between those two weekends, uh, just to let my body heal and, and had a concern about my foot and just make sure that it was okay. And it it's fine. My training has been great since then. 
And, um, and I, I, I'm very happy with the way the pacing went. I didn't, I was, I was able to be, uh, perky throughout the, uh, the half marathon and encouraging of the people in our group, which is what matters. Perky. <laughs> I don't remember that. I've, I never thought of Perky when I, when I think of you, but I guess now I, I have, I feel free to cut this part out, but I have a, there's a, there's a friend I know, somebody I know through ultra running and she was down here in Fernandina beach running the, the hundred miler at Fort clinch. And she is a 10, 10 mile lap. And she was lapping me at one point and she just was chalk, talk, 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 talk. And I did, it was the first time I met her and I accused her of being too perky <laughs> and she throws that back at me all the time on, um, on Twitter posts and things like that. The funny, the irony is she dropped out of that race um, <laughs> and, uh, and I finished it, but um, yeah, so that the, the perkiness is, uh, is, is where that comes from. So here's a topic I wanted to approach you on today. And it is um, largely based on setting goals, right? Um, setting goals for a, a certain time or a certain race or, or whatever, just the broad topic of setting goals. But, but before I even delve into some of these questions, I think the first one I want to ask to begin is, um, are, are, are running goals that important? Well, I mean, from a practical standpoint, they help me when I'm, when I'm, when somebody signs up for customized, for example, it helps me a lot when I have somebody's goal, mm -hmm. if it's, uh, whether it's to complete a distance or to get a particular time in a race, the goals give me an idea of what I want to work on. Are we working on endurance? Are we working on speed? Are we working on consistency? You know, so they help me a lot when I'm planning for somebody else. And I think, even for ourselves, I think having a goal is good. Um, you know, you could be a runner without having a particular time, without having a particular goal. But maybe, I mean, Jeff Galloway's goal is to run until he's 100. Right. So that doesn't have anything to do with, with a particular race result or anything. It's just about consistency of running and remaining healthy. Um, so I, I do think, I think goals are important. I think goals are valuable. Um, and for a lot of us, a goal is something different than uh, it's something different than a dream, and it's something different than a task, right? So, a goal to me is something, especially in running, a goal to me is something that is attainable but just barely, um, attainable but challenging. It's a stretch, right? It's a stretch, yeah. right? It's a stretch. So, it's not a dream. It's not a this will never happen, but it would be great if it did. Dream, right? Uh -huh. I'd love to win the New York city marathon. That would be a dream. That would not be a goal. It'd be silly if that were my goal. Um, uh, but also not a, a task. A task is something you've done before you could do any day. It's not a big deal. Those are not motivational. Those don't cause you to stretch or to grow. So to me, a goal, that's a little bit of a, that's a little bit of a stretch. It's something that is a little bit scary and you know that, that you're going to have to work for it. And so it, gives you, sobers you up a bit in your training, makes you take it seriously. Uh, a goal is the type of thing that six months out, you're paying attention to your training because you know that what I do now is going to affect my ability to achieve my goal six months from now. Um, I've got some people in Customized who have a goal that's two years away 
but it's oh. a it's a stretch goal. It's a big goal, and they know they need two years to get there. And so we're working week by week to get them to that goal. So it obviously, you know, to be concrete about a specific goal is going to be different for each individual. Sure. Some people finishing a marathon could be a two year project, um, but and and for others it would just be a task. It'd be something you could go out and do every weekend. Sure. Um, specific to your clients, your customized training program clients, how do you find out from them what their goals are? Oh, well, I, I ask them, um, there's a, you know, there's a a thing on their questionnaire about what races they have in mind and what goals they have for those races. Um, and sometimes they're not very specific and I have to probe a bit. Uh Um, and sometimes I have to give them a goal. I just, I just pretend. And, I'll say, because I get some people that just say, well, I just kind of want to get in shape and whatever. And so I say, okay, that's great. So it's a six month training plan and you're at three miles running now. So I've gone ahead and put a virtual half marathon on your schedule in six months. You can run it or not, but this will give us some structure for your training. And, and maybe if you decide to do an in-person half, you can find one that's around that same time frame. And if so, I can adjust your schedule if it's on a different weekend than when I've got your virtual. Um, so sometimes, you know, I help a little bit with, with giving them goals. And I also think it's important as a coach to have a little bit of give and take with the runner to say, okay, well, that, that particular thing you want to do is not you know, it's going to take longer than what we, than the time we have, right. let's, let's focus on this other thing or, or even advise them and say, look, you're, you're going to blow right past this thing. How about if we focus on this other, um, the, the big role that I play for some of them is when they've got too many goals and they're not as compatible as they think. Um, now I've had, I had somebody last night during, during a customized zoom that was talking about wanting to run their first 50 kilometer race, but also wanting to get a, a, a PR a personal record in the marathon and wanted to know, well, which of these things should I focus on? Well, you can, you can do both of those as long as you're not planning on racing the 50 K to win it. You know, if the 50 K is, um, is, uh, is an extra long training run for that fast half for the fast marathon, that'll, that'll work great. But I've had people that want to run a hundred miler, they also want to qualify for Boston and they also want to run a, a marathon twice a month at that's, we gotta, we gotta make some choices here. Um, that's just yeah. not realistic to be able to do all that. You'll get hurt. So I try to help them understand what's reasonable and not, you know, for them and, uh, and adjust as they progress. Do you always set goals at the beginning of, of when, when you have a client, do you wait sometimes to the middle and, and also tell me how you, um, how often you usually adjust those goals or do you? Yeah, we do. Um, I, I try to adjust them anytime I get a new race result or a new magic mile result from a runner will adjust. Uh, maybe that has to do with adjusting expectations or goals in terms of what pace we're going to have for those races. Um, Obviously, anytime there's an injury, we need to reassess and and change those goals as well. Anytime somebody has a setback, um, so it's that's what I love about customized. That's different from following a schedule in one of Jeff's books or following a schedule that you have on the website. Those those schedules are great mm-hmm. until you have a real person with a real life and they encounter 
situations that need to be adjusted. Um, so, but yeah, we try to set the goals from the beginning, you know, some goals, uh, whatever they are. And, and the nature of the beast is that most people that come in to customize Vardy, they're doing it because they have a certain goal. When you, when you help set goals, do you recommend like a, like, um, a, an A goal, a B goal, and then like maybe a dream goal? Yeah. I mean, that's a fun, that's a fun way to do it. I had somebody last night. This is interesting to me. You're, you're familiar with the Yasuo 800s? Oh, yes. Yeah. Art. So Yasuo 800s are a great diagnostic tool, kind of help you get an idea if you're ready for a particular pace in a marathon. And I had a runner who didn't necessarily have any, did not, does not, definitely does not have an ambitious goal for uh, her upcoming marathon. Um, but I had Yasos on the schedule. And so she decided the way she was going to do her Yasos, instead of trying to nail the time that would be for her A goal for the race, she decided this was going to be, basically she would do it for her, for her, um, her B or C goal, which was the, okay, what is the slowest I would be, I could live with myself if I did this on. And so she, she decided the slowest she could live with herself. I think, I think it was a six hour. I think she felt like for her, the slowest she could live with was a six hour marathon. So she did her Yasos based on, you know, she did the, did the 800s in six minutes so that, and I thought, well, that's great. That's smart because it's like, okay, you know, she's, she's afraid to be ambitious. She's afraid to stretch. She's afraid to, to reach for a fast time, but at least she's going into this marathon knowing, okay, I'm at least, I'm at least ready to do this. Right. Um, so I thought that was good. Um, yeah, I think, I think, you know, having, having those stretch goals are good. The key is you need to know when is the right time to go after each of these goals. When is the decision point that what goal you're going after too often, too often, what people do is they start a race thinking that they're going after that stretch goal and it's too ambitious. They've gone out too fast. Now they're suffering. And so they look at their watch and like, well, okay, I can still make that. I can still make that beagle. And then they're suffering some more and they're slowing down. Well, I can still make that seagull goal. And now it's okay. No, maybe I can just finish. And so it's this, it's this defeatist situation. Right, right. So the better way to go about it is to set off on a pace that is in the race, set off on a pace that is sustainable. It could be a, it could be a hard pace for you, but that's sustainable that your all your training tells you is sustainable. And then at a certain point in the race, you feel where you are and you decide, can I push? Maybe you're at mile 20 in that marathon can I push and reach for that stretch goal? Or can I just hang in there and I've got this a goal or am I going to back it down some, because I think I'm going to, I want to save something for a race next month, in which case you back it down to what is it? What's the pace that I can live, you know, live with myself doing. Right. Um, so that's really making that decision at, Mile 20 in a marathon is way better than, you know, than pushing too hard early on and not being able to hold in. And I suppose in the half marathon, I'd say somewhere around 10 miles is a good spot for that. Do you ever get people who want to, who want to set a goal that has absolutely nothing to do with a race? Oh, sure. I had somebody, this is interesting. I had somebody who wanted to, um, her husband didn't do walk breaks. 
Mm-hmm. She said, okay, I get this is Galloway. I get that we're doing walk breaks, but she said, I would love, I would like to be able to do a, I think it was a three mile run. I would like to be able to do a three mile run without walk breaks with my husband. Oh, can okay. we, can we work on that? I said, I, I think we can work on that. I mean, for your, for your, what we'll do is we'll still work on using your walk breaks on the long runs and all that. But one run a week, we were working on doing a sustainable pace that she could hold for that, you know, first for a half mile. And then we did segments and mm-hmm. it was a fun little project so that she could do that. And she said, it don't have to be fast. It's just, he really doesn't want to do the walk breaks. And so can we do that? Okay. Sure. If that nice. if that's important to you, we can do that. So, you know, that, that's certainly a goal that has nothing to do with a race. Um, I've had other people that had non-race related fitness goals. Um, one guy is doing, uh, or did, um, rim to rim to rim in the grand Canyon. Okay. So that's, you know, start at the South rim, hike up to the North rim, turn around and come back all in one activity. And so we did, you know, he did the long runs and the training and all to get fit enough to do that. It wasn't a race, but it was, it was a physical activity that he needed to be well-trained for. Um, what about setting a goal walks, things like that? What, what about setting a, a goal to keep you motivated after you've had your big race? Um, um, a lot of people, they, they set these goals and they run their race and then suddenly you get this post-race depression. Oh, yes. In, in, oh, in, that in, happens. That's real. Um, and usually the, usually the answer is you sign up for another race. Right. Um, but that was, you know, that, that has been the big challenge throughout 2020 and 2021, uh, finding races that you didn't think would get canceled and, and being able to do that. Um, you know, I, I think it's important to remember that races are fun. Races are cool. Races are good. As we found out at bird in hand, races are good reunion opportunities. And we'll have that again with Jeff's race, but it's not always about racing. It's about what running is doing for you physically and mentally and emotionally. And, um, and, and so like Jeff's goal of running until you're a hundred, um, or we've got other people that are doing customized. They just want to be able to stay in shape to be able to keep up with their grandkids or keep up with their kids. Um, so I, I think that there's something beautiful and wonderful about acknowledging that running is an activity that benefits us beyond bling beyond times. Very good. Last question on, um, on setting goals, um, as it relates to the, um, JG 13.1 that's coming up, you and I are recording this and, and I hope to get this posted within a day or two. So we're going to be basically five to six weeks out mm-hmm. from Jeff's half marathon. If somebody were, were to sign up tomorrow for customers and they had that much time left, um, what do you, what would you like to see as a minimum of their, of their level right now to be able to finish Jeff's race? If that were their goal, we've got, let's say we've got five, five weeks. Yeah. I'd say Jeff's if they, race. I'd say if they're able to run five miles right now, they, we, we could still get them to the finish line at Jeff's race. Um, it'd be a, it'd be a stretch if they're not doing at least five miles. 
Um, but I does, does that uh, mean if I'm walking five miles also, you said yeah. running, does that mean any going, cover five going, miles? okay. Go, covering five miles okay. because you can, Jeff's race is a walker friendly race. You could walk, you could walk the half marathon and still finish. Uh, so that's, that's fine. So, um, no, but just, but the endurance that you get, I mean, what we, what we want to build toward the, the limiting factor, because it's a walker friendly race, speed is not the limiting factor. The limiting factor is endurance. So I would want to be able to build somebody up so that they can achieve 13.1 miles, uh, that day. And so the starting point at, at this point in their training, I'd like to see them able to go five miles. Gotcha. gotcha. That's a starting point. You get anything um, special planned for like customized training folks for Jeff's race? Is there anything? Yeah, we're going to do a meetup. Um, I'm still uh, working. I'm working with Kelsey in our office too, because we're also going to have a meetup of Club Jeff there. Um, we'll have a meetup of the program directors. We've got a lot of program directors from around the country that are coming. So we've got a bunch of things to, to, to balance, to make sure that we're not, don't want to have these happening at different times and, and people that need to be at more than one can't make it. So, uh, but we, we will definitely have, um, have a meetup for the customized folks. I'm really looking forward to that because I did not get we did not all get together down at the Disney race at wine and dine. Mm-hmm. I saw, I saw lots of customized folks. I, um, this is, this is an audio podcast, but you <laughs> and I are on video. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll point out, uh, this stack of tiki mugs was uh-huh. given to me by somebody who's doing customized. Um, this tiki mug was given to me by somebody doing customized. This tiki mug was given. I'm, this is, it is not a disclaimer. You're not required to give me a tiki mug to customize, <laughs> but, but, but several of them, uh, did, which is just tickled me. And, um, but so anyway, but so I got to see a lot of customized folks, but I was stuck in the booth. And, um, so I couldn't organize a time to get together cause I was in the booth the whole time. Right. So that will not be the case in Atlanta. So I definitely want to have a time when we can all get together and maybe do, you know, maybe do a lunch someplace or, or something like that so that we can be inside out of the cold. Cause it's too early to say for sure, but I'm predicting it'll be cold that weekend. Cause it feels like it's always cold. Oh, for Jeff. <laughs> well, very good. Uh, and since it's, Jeff calls it his homecoming, which is appropriate since we've been away for so long, but I assume you're also going to have Galloway Pacers at the Galloway race. Oh, absolutely. We are, we sure are. Um, and, uh, so I was delighted, of course, that we got to have Galloway Pacers. This is our first, the, the, the race is, well, we had one the weekend before a local half marathon in Jacksonville, Florida, the U- USO half marathon. Um, uh, we had Galloway Pacers there and then we had Galloway Pacers at wine and dine. And, um, honestly, between now and Jeff's race, we have, uh, two, uh, three other races. We've got, a um, two other half marathons and a marathon where the Galloway Pacers will be. But, um, but for, for Jeff's weekend, we'll have Pacers up there. Most of the Galloway Pacers up there in Atlanta will be folks that have paced that race before, which is a huge benefit because, um, that race is one that has a little bit hilly. Mm-hmm. And so no, having Pacers who know, not to panic going on, you know, not to push and, and pull their runners too fast going up the hill, knowing they'll be able to make it up on the downhills, things like that. 
Um, so it, we've got a lot of returning pacers. As you can imagine, people that have paced that race before are, you know, they want to come back. They want to sure. do it again. Um, so, and a lot of them are locals there in Atlanta. So they run on those, the, you know, on that trail and, and that park all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yep. We will have Galloway pacers there, including, uh, including a caboose, uh, some pacers at the very end to bring people in. God, love the caboose. Love the caboose. Love the love caboose. It. That's all I have. Um, I yeah. assume you're going to go, are you going to hit Disney the first of the year in case we don't chat before Christmas? You're going to do the half yeah. of the full? Yeah, I'll be down there. Um, so uh, we will have pacers for the half and the full in January, but I will not be running as a pacer. I'll be in the booth uh-huh. uh, that weekend, but I have the um, uh, I, the honor, privilege, dumb luck to be <laughs> a, uh, a perfect runner, as they call it, at the Disney Marathon. Uh, Jeff Galloway is also in that category. So I think there are about 40 of us that have run that marathon every year since the beginning. I think this year is maybe 28, 27 or 28. So, um, so as a result in the 25th year of that race, they gave us all free entry, uh, the streakers, the perfect runners, they give us all free entry as long as we keep that street going. So I give, I don't take up a pacer spot for that. And instead I race that one and that'll be my attempt to get a Boston qualifying time. And I've been able to use that Disney race. I've qualified at Disney four or five times. Um, it's a good, as you can imagine, you do the same marathon 27 years in a row, you learn the course pretty well. Um, even though there've been some slight changes, so I'll be there and my goal, you know, that'll be my goal race. Um, but looking, looking forward to that for sure. Well, I don't call that dumb luck. I call that well-earned. Well, it was, here's, here's the dumb luck part. Uh, my very first marathon was the first Disney marathon. And, and, and back then, I don't know of any race back then that was paid any attention to streakers or perfect or anything like that. So I just, I did it the next year because we had enjoyed it the first year. And I did it the following year because of that. And it wasn't until after the fifth year that I read on a, you know, this is the early days of the internet. I read on a, um, uh, wasn't a discussion board. I forget what they were called back then, but <laughs> you know, you know what yeah. I mean? We'd oh yeah. Go in and, so I read on one of those things. Bulletin board or something. Yeah. It's one of those types of things. And I read that Disney had sent awards to people who had done that race all five years. And I was in college and grad school and my wife was in internship and then residency. And we, so we had moved, I think I had five different addresses in those first five years. <laughs> so Disney had not mailed me one because they, they didn't know I was the same person year after year. Sure. So once I found out they'd done that, I contacted them. I said, Hey, I actually, so they sent me one. And after that, they started tracking uh, keeping track. And so then I realized, Oh, they're, they're paying attention. So I guess, so it was only after that for that fifth year, starting in the sixth year that I made a point of trying to do it year after year. And, um, and then there is luck also because anything can happen to keep people from running a race and, um, you know, you get sick or you're, plane doesn't arrive or all sorts of things could stop people from getting there. So the fact that the 40 or so of us have, have all managed to be there year after year is a big deal. And 
we we know each other by now. Uh, they actually put all of the perfect runners in the front corral for the race. And uh, we tend to hide in the back of the front corral <laughs> because we're all 27 years older than we were when this started. And so we're not as fast as we used to be. And, uh, you know, most, most of the perfect runners wouldn't normally be in that front corral. And so, but we get to see each other. It's our, our little reunion out there. So it's a bit, yeah, it's a fun thing. So that's my, that's my January, my annual January activity. It's your, it's your long-term goal. Stay, stay a streaker. Stay a streaker. My long-term goal is to be the last man standing. There you uh, go. And, uh, you know, it's tough because my boss is one of them. And so I can't, I don't wish ill to no. any of them. Right. Right. But, um, it just so happens. It just so happens that I am the youngest of the, of the perfect <laughs> runners. So I've got a, I got a good chance. Yes. I got a good chance right. in that, uh, well, good for you. That. Yeah. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate your time today. It's always fun. I get a good chuckle out of our conversations and uh, I will miss you at the uh, JG this year. No, but, man. Uh, I'll I plan know. on, I'll plan on next year and maybe we can uh, talk you into that burden hand next year again, too. You bet. But I have to say I, when I heard, I, I, I forget, I may have been JD that told me, but when I heard that you felt so bad, you weren't going to be at Jeff's race that you are buying a beer for all the extra milers that show up there. I that, was that that does sound like something JD would say. Your generosity <laughs> is just way beyond what any of us expected. So <laughs> checks in the mail. <laughs> checks in the mail. All right, I'm gonna let you go. Thanks for your time again. And, Thanks, man. Uh, good luck at the JG if we don't talk before. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Looking forward to it and um. I appreciate all you do. Take care. Bye. I have a very special guest on the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition Hotline, a, an old time lovable extra miler that um, she and I have exchanged a lot of emails and um, she's sent some submissions for the show, but we've never met in person. And this is as close as, we, as we've come. So let's welcome. Connie Bowder. Hi, Connie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. Don't don't you feel like we've known each other for a while? I do. Yeah. I really do. We've um, I know it goes back to I think early 2017, maybe even even before that, that we've yeah. conversed. And it started with um some um submissions and and emails, questions for Jeff surrounding some um some issues or questions you had about your running. So what I'd like to do is to take us back into your running life. Um, and a spoiler alert, you're not a runner anymore, but we'll get to that. Let's take it in pieces. Take us back. When did you start running? Um, and, and how, how was your running going at the time when take us up to the point when you had to stop running? Well, the very first time I ever ran in my life was in the fall of 2014. And my son has high functioning autism and he works with a therapist and there was a, a really big um, children's cancer 5k that was going on. And they were asking people to donate, create these little bracelets and donate that they were putting in the goodie bags for the runners. And so my son was really loving doing that. And his therapist said, I think you two ought to participate in the 5k. 
And I looked at him like he was <laughs> like, do what? <laughs> I mean, we'd never done anything like that. And he's like, it's great that your son's doing this. He said, but get him out there in the community and let him do something. So right. we did this 5K and he absolutely hated it. And I was like, this is the greatest thing in the whole wide world. I mean, I was like, this is amazing. I mean, all the people and the energy and the excitement. I don't remember what our time was. It was pathetic. I mean, but it was <laughs> like, and of course it was at the very end of the year. And so up here in Pennsylvania, there's not a lot that goes on in the wintertime. And I was so disappointed because I'm like, man, I want to do this again. And I knew I had to wait till the next year. So the next year I started looking into 5Ks and races and I found out about Jeff Galloway through Run Disney because I love Disney. Disney mm-hmm. is my thing. And I found out about Run Disney. I'm like, oh my gosh, you can run and you can Disney at the same time. And that led me to Jeff Galloway. And I started kind of trying to learn the run walk method and all that. And, you know, it was just trying, I was just navigating such a, a world I'd never, I didn't know anything about, didn't know anybody who did run. I found your podcast and then suddenly I had all these friends, you know, online that were runners and that were Jeff Galloway, you know, I don't know what the word is. Aficionados, huh? There you go. Something like that. So I went on to um, do a couple of, I did a bunch of 5Ks one year and that was like 2015. And then in 2016, I set out to do my first marathon, which I did and I, or half marathon, first half marathon. And I'm not sure at some point I did have the customized training with uh, Chris Twiggs. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure where that fit in there. I think it was the next year. Okay. So, you know, that's how I kind of got into the whole running thing in Jeff Galloway. What um, what was your half marathon? You My did... first half marathon yeah. was the Hershey half marathon. Oh, sweet. Yeah, it was the pun there. But, it was uh, really sweet. It's the closest thing you can get to Disney, I think, because you got to run through Hershey Park and they uh-huh. had characters. And I got my picture with like a Jolly Rancher or something, oh, nice, you know. Nice. So when you were doing as an example of that, do you recall um the kind of pace and ratios? What what was your running like at the time? Was it a struggle? Was that half marathon a big struggle for you? Not really. I mean, I was doing, I think. It was right around a 14 minute pace. Okay. I think was what I was keeping in there. But, you know, then I was, but I, I suddenly, you know, it's like, once you do something like that, then it's like, okay, now I got to get faster. Now I got to get faster. And that's when I really wanted that's, I think it was after that, that then I started, I did a stint with uh, Chris Twiggs. Yeah. 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 So at at some point during this whole thing, um, you got injured. And I I do, I recall, I think, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I recall you sending in some questions to Jeff about surrounding, how do I come back from this injury or or whatever? So, so the injury didn't immediately make you stop. You still thought at the time I'm going to keep running, but so tell us about what was the injury and how, how that happened? Um, I don't really know. I didn't have a specific inciting event. Just suddenly one day I had sciatica really, really bad to the point that I couldn't even stand up straight. I couldn't straighten out my leg. I mean, I was hunched over and crippled. It was the, I mean, it was excruciating. Sure. So ended up first visit in the ER. They thought it was a muscle spasm, gave me some relaxants, didn't touch it. Went to the ER a couple of days later because, I mean, I still hadn't slept. I couldn't lie down. I couldn't walk. I couldn't do anything. And by the grace of God, the doctor that just happened to be making regular rounds in the 
hospital that day was actually a spine specialist in his private practice. And when he walked in the room and I couldn't, I couldn't even be on the exam table. He looked at me and he said, oh no, she's got the, she's got the, she struck the pose or something like that. And he recognized immediately what was going on, you know, that it was an issue with lumbar, my lumbar spine, L4, L5, um, got an MRI right away. And because I had seen him in the emergency room, he was able to fast track me into his practice, um, had an MRI. They found out it was like a, a degenerative thing. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like a specific injury, but they called it a step off deformity of L4, L5. And I ended up getting an injection or two injections in there. And he said, basically, I'm not, I can't tell you what you can and can't do. You're just going to have to find out. He said, this may last for a week, for years. It may not last at all. You might be able to go back and run, do whatever you want. You know, there's just no guarantees. So mm-hmm. that's where I was when I thought I was going to be able to come back. And so, and so that, that that's when you started at, you even went to one of Jeff's running clinics in, in York and uh, yes, I did. And, and ran, ran with a, or, or met a couple of extra mileage. You met J, yes, I did. JD and Nate. Yep. And, and, and I think you've, you did something I probably would like to do too. You like JD in your car, didn't you? Yes, I did. <laughs> and I had Nate's water bottle for like a year and a half. I finally got that back to him at Burdenham. A couple of years later. So that's funny. That's funny. Um, yes, we did. I forgot about that. I think it was at Burger King or something. We locked yeah. them in. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll show him. So, okay. So then take us, take us a little step further. Um, you tried to come back. What happened? Yes. And every time I would even get to like a 15 minute pace, uh-huh. it would start to flare up again. And so, you know, I, I, I was really trying to face, you know, I I knew that even if I was getting to a 15 minute pace, if I kept going that 15 minute pace, I I recognized that was going to be, you know, that was my, my sign of this isn't going to be for you. So I just started walking and it was embarrassing. I mean, it really was, it was degrading. Why? It was embarrassing because running is cool. Oh, walking I see. Is now, now I'm just a walker. Is that what you mean? Exactly. Oh. Exactly. I mean, it was cool because everybody's like, oh, you're running. You ran a half marathon. And now here I am. It's like, yeah, I can walk around the block. <laughs> oh, yeah. okay. So, I mean, because I kind of found my identity in that. You know, it's like I'd found I was a part of a local running group and I had, you know, you guys. And then suddenly I wasn't a runner anymore. And I'm like, okay, what am I? And most walkers are just off for, you know, a lot of them are just out for a little stroll. And so you don't feel like you fit in with them. And I didn't feel like I fit in with the runners and I felt inferior. I got And it was hard, but I was stubborn. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm like, okay, well, let me just start, you know, seeing what I can do. And I ended up, um, let's see, the next spring, I decided to walk a half marathon. So I did that and it went pretty well. I mean, it wasn't, it was, a, I, you know, you feel embarrassed when, you know, the worst part is when the gun goes off and everybody takes off running and there you are <laughs> walking. <laughs> Because it's okay later on because everybody walks at some point. But when you start out walking, you feel a little awkward. But I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to do this. Good for you. So I did that. And always before, you know, because of the Run Disney thing, I wanted to do a marathon. And I'm like, I'm going to do a marathon. And so after I walked that half marathon, I realized, okay, this really wasn't so bad. You know, I finished it. I I wasn't last. And I'm like, okay, I walked a half marathon. I wasn't last. 
you know, that kind of turned the corner for me of saying, okay, this isn't so embarrassing anymore. And at that point, I knew I was going to need some help getting to a full marathon because I didn't know squat about, you know, I mean, you could follow the training plans, but then again, they're made for runners. Yes. You know, so I'm like, how do I walk a half, I mean, a full marathon? So I went to Faithful Google. And I Googled walking coaches (laughs) thinking, I'm sure there's going to be one. And one came up and I'm like, oh, this is cool. And so I went to his website and I'm looking at it. I'm like, oh, this is really cool. He coaches walking and I'm looking. And then all of a sudden I get to part of it and I realize he lives like a mile and a half from me. And I'm like, no way. That's nuts. (laughs) Yeah. So I contacted him. We ended up meeting one day and I kind of told him my goals. Now he typically, he is actually, um, a cross country coach, a high school cross country coach. So, I mean, he typically focuses on running, but mm-hmm. he also recognizes, you know, the sport of walking sure. and triathletes and all that. So, um, you know, I told him, this is my goal. I want to walk a marathon and, you know, that's what we did, you know? So he, you know, coached me through the whole walking a marathon and, I did that. However, there's some more injury stories in there, but Uh-oh. I don't know which way you want to go with that. <laughs> Um, no, and I am interested in that. So you started walking, but yet the injuries persisted or you got new ones. Yeah. And it wasn't necessarily from that. I mean, just the sheer load of, you know, the 18, you know, 20 mile, you know, training walks and unbeknownst to me, I have very high arches, which I didn't know. Uh And apparently because of the high arches, I began to develop tendonitis in both feet. So I saw a podiatrist and he basically, you know, kind of nursed me through the marathon because I was so close. I was like six, seven weeks from the marathon when that really flared up. And so he kind of nursed me through that, got through the marathon, which was absolutely the most amazing thing in the world, by the way. Which one was it? Uh, The Disney uh, Marathon 2020. Oh, okay. So you finally got to Disney. Okay. I got my Disney marathon. It and was that's awesome. no slouch. What did, don't they have like a, is it 16 minute? What's 16 that? minute. Yeah. Good for you. So I finished, it was less than 20 minutes ahead of the balloon ladies, but I didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Yeah. As long as I finished before him, them, that's all that matters. Yes. So. Yes. That was so, um, the most worked, amazing thing. You worked through all those injuries. Did, did Disney, the full Disney. Kind of worked through those injuries, kind of did the marathon with the injuries. Oh, yeah. And then I kind of really didn't stop afterwards. And like a couple <laughs> weeks later, I did an, another 5K. And then it really started to bother me. And so that's when my doctor said, okay, you need to, I think he said something about, I don't remember how he said it, you know, I'm going to rein you in or I'm going to pull the plug or something like that. Uh-huh. And he's like, you just need to stop. So he suggested bicycling. And I'm like, oh, fun. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. He, he told you to stop even walking. Yes. At that point, because okay. of the issues. With, Te- oh, temporal- actually, because I'd even gone on to develop sesamoiditis. Oh, my. You ever heard of that? No. It's Anything that ends bones, in itis, it doesn't sound good. No, it wasn't. These little bones, like at the base of your toes and the middle of your foot, it was very painful. Oh. So that's when he said, you know, you've got to stop. I mean, did, did he I don't mean know just did, was, he, did he mean stop until it feels better or stop period never again? Stop until everything was under control. Oh, okay, I got you. Which okay. at the time, who knew? Yeah, you know. So yeah. he said to take up bicycling. 
so I did. And as I said before, my coach was also um, cross country um, Mm -hmm. triathlon. So I'd gotten so, I don't know what the word is. I kind of, I don't want to say dependent on him in a way, but you know, this, we've now been going on over a year of, you know, every day he tells me what to do. And so I'm like, well, I don't even know how to bicycle, you know, or, I mean, I knew how to bicycle, but I'm like, well, how do I turn this into something? So, you know, I'm like, Hey, you want to coach me in bicycling too? Cause he does that with triathletes, you know, the sure. multi-sport and he's like, sure. So I set a goal to do a metric century a 62 mile ride. And I said, by the end of the summer, I want to do a 62 mile ride. So that's what we worked for, for all that time. And in the process of the summer, my feet started to get much better. Okay. So having had like three, four months off, my feet were doing great. And I think I'd gotten an injection in one of them or something like that. And then like a month later, I tripped and fell, not doing anything but walking. I mean, not even walking, walking. I was walking from my daughter's house to my car, tripped and fell and sprained my ankle. So (laughs) then I really couldn't do anything. And then that was like in July. Well, it never healed right. I kept having issues and I would go out, you know, the physical therapist would say, go try a mile. And I try a mile and it'd swell up. And by November, I still would try and walk a mile, not even fast, and it would swell up. And so I went back to the doctor. They did an MRI, found out that it was more than just a sprained ankle, that there was, you know, a lot of issues going on. So then I had to have surgery on the ankle. So the week before Christmas this past year, I had surgery on my ankle. And then I couldn't do anything for like three months. And then on March 3rd of this year, he basically said, you know, after the surgery and all that, my foot doctor podiatrist said, mm-hmm. go, just do whatever you, you know, he, he released me to do whatever, however. Okay. So I went back to power walking and I've been going ever since. That's a long journey. All that, the, the time frame seems, seems short, but it was a, a lot to, a lot of stuff to cram into that short yeah. period. Uh, a yeah. lot of uh, obstacles, I should say. Yeah. Um, so tell me where, well, I, I want to go back just real quickly to the, okay. uh, to the, to the um, walking coach, right? Okay. What sorts of, um, how does a walking coach, and, I, and I, honestly, I, I've spoken to Chris Twig, so I, I do know, and to, to Jeff, so I do know some of their um, things to get walkers to run faster and, and further, et cetera, et cetera. What sorts of things was he doing to you to make you a faster and and build endurance to go farther and that kind of thing? What sorts of things was he doing? Well, it really threw me at first because, you know, I, I made it very clear in the beginning, we were talking about a marathon. I'm like, I don't want to go fast. Mm -hmm. I just want to beat the balloon ladies. That's it. 16 minutes. 16 minute mile. And so he started assigning me these track workouts where he would give me a pace of like 14 to hit, you know, and stuff. I'm like, no, wait a minute. Why am I doing this? I only want to go 16. But, you know, I quickly learned that when you start getting faster in shorter distances, it makes the longer distances easier. Speed work, just like running. Speed work. Yeah, it was, it was speed work. It was the exact same thing. I did, you know, different intervals. I did repeats, you know, one mile repeats or, you know, that sort of thing. Sure. So it was the same things. Um, Now, one thing I love about um, Marshall is my coach. He assigns things at the most two weeks in advance. Okay. So like most of the time it's a week in advance. So that way he's 
doing things incremental, like, you know, yesterday I was doing some repeats and I was doing like a 1235 pace. So next week's speed work is going to be based on this week's sure. numbers that for makes me. Makes sense. Makes sense. So he's constantly adjusting, you know, the paces that I need to hit and that sort of thing based on where I am. And right. if I start to have, you know, if I start to slow down, then he, you know, kind of adjusts with me. So it's just a lot of speed work. And then the long walks I had for the marathon. So um, now you are no longer a runner. You are a walker. I am. And you're cool. You're absolutely cool with that, right? I am. And one thing that, I mean, it's taken the marathon help, Uh you know, being able to, because even walking a marathon is pretty cool. But now I'm kind of in a different place because that is, you know, I know I can't do the distance anymore. I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, you know, my doctor said, you know, go out and walk, but he's like, no half marathons, no full marathons, you know, but you can kind of go out there. So one of the things that I had just, I'm 52. And when I turned 50, I found out about the senior games. Now, have you heard of the senior games? Only on your Facebook page. (laughs) Okay. So they are, um, that's a national organization. They break it up from, they have national state and different local ones. And there are some highly competitive people. Some people do it for fun. Some people are very competitive, but they have track and field. So they actually have a 1500 meter power walk um, race. And so I decided to, you know, that was something that was a short distance that I could train for. So when I came back in March, that's what I wanted to train for was that in June. And? And I won. How's it going? I I won the regional. And that was great. I think, I don't remember. My pace was like 1230 something. Hold on a minute. It was sub 13 for sure, right? Oh, gosh. Yes. Yes. Oh gosh, yes. That's a that's smoking. That is wait, wait, wait. Are you one of these? Are you a, a walker when you do the funny? I, I don't do funny. the funny it's race. Funny. So I don't. How do you go so fast? It's just been the speed work. Holy it's the speed moly. work. Now well, you're, my you're, fastest I'm, I'm mile is like mile. eleven. Oh, cra- that's I'm like an eleven thirty. Well, you're going to pass uh, but, me. I'm out running and you're going to pass me. That's going to take But that's me only off. one. I'm not doing multiple. You one, know, I'm just, yeah. that's one mile. Yeah. Yeah. That's a oh. warm up, one mile, a cool down. Um, have you been out today yet? No, actually I haven't. What's your, what's your next workout? I want to know what your very next workout is. Oh, my very next workout is tomorrow. Today's uh, just strength training because yesterday was a really intense speed workout. Tomorrow is just a 30 minute recovery walk. Okay. What was your speed work yesterday? Yesterday was five minute timed intervals. So it was a 10 minute warm up. Okay. Five minutes at 1235 to 1245 pace. And then three minutes recovery. Five, it was five repeats of that. And um, you do this on the, on the streets? You're, you're no, track. I'm on the always, track. Always on the track. Always okay. on the track. Okay. What advice would you give? So, so what I'm hearing is there's really life after running. Yes. Right? Tell me yes. what advice you would give somebody if they're in the, in ever find themselves in that spot where you hear those dreaded words, you can't run anymore. I definitely would encourage the walking in races mm-hmm. because that's what keeps you going. And you realize, I mean, the more you, you can, you can outwalk some runners and that's okay. Yes. And even if you don't, that's okay. 
I always check a race before I enter it to make sure of what the paces have been in the past. Okay. You know, I mean, some will say, you know, runners and walkers, but you want to make sure that, you know, the, the fast, the slowest person didn't have like, you know, an 11 minute mile or something <laughs> for a 5k, you know, you want so, to make sure you're not really the last person. Yeah. Percent, I right? mean, being last is okay, but being that last, yeah, you know, that would yeah. be bad. I so, I mean, it's just, I treat it just like a sport, you know, I treat it just like I would running, you know, I think having a coach makes a big difference because it makes it more, I don't know that I'm a very disciplined person, Mm -hmm. but I don't know that I would have the discipline to be able to continue to go and go and go and go and go and increase and increase. And that's one thing, you know, I would suggest, you know, working with a coach or challenging yourself because I would have never thought I could walk that fast before. I would have never tried. Oh my gosh, no, I agree. You know, I would have never, the first time, well, even back with, you know, training for a marathon, when he would give me these paces, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. But then I could. You know, because it was like these really short increments that I would do a pace at a short, you know, at a a speed that was really fast for a short time. And then it just kept getting longer and longer and longer. And so you just did something to find to find your motivation. That's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. And so then I got, you know, the senior games is really cool if you're over 50, because I mean, I, I went on to Pennsylvania didn't have theirs this year. So you can compete in a neighboring state. I competed in Maryland. And I won there. And so in May, I'll be going down to Fort Lauderdale to the Nationals. Um, My pace where I am now or where I was like in August after um, States Mm -hmm. would have put me in like fifth or sixth in my age group and Nationals. So I got some work to do, but, you know, I've got time to get there. Oh, cool. Stay in touch and make sure we know how that goes. I will. Uh, last question. It's an important one. You're, you're, um, you're there in Pennsylvania. You're obviously very close to York. Why in God's name, did I not see you at the burden hand this year? I honestly thought about doing the 5k, but now here's, here's where it comes in. I still have a little bit of fear of being off the track. This is one thing in my, when I, when I am going that fast, I'm still a little scared of the road. Tripping. That's yeah. That, okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a little, you know, PTSD there. I, I feel you. safe on the track and I don't mind walking slowly on the roads, but I mean, let's be real. Am I going to go do a 5k and not try and really do a 5k? No. <laughs> and you know, I yeah, you. but maybe next year. Well, maybe next year just come and just party with us and don't worry about that. Yeah. I don't remember. There was some stuff going on that week, you know, and okay. I just well, didn't, but next year. I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to force you. I'm going to guilt you. Well, and maybe here's what we need to do. We need to get some other people there to walk it. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. um, We had quite a few walkers this year. I I can't, I can't attest to the fact whether or not they were leisurely walkers or, or speed walking or anything, but I know we had a lot of people that, uh, because they drove over from the picnic over to the 5k and did that and then came back to the picnic. So yeah, next year we'll figure something out. Yes, we will. Well, thank you very much. I, um, I think it's reassuring to listeners to know that there is life after running. If, if God forbid you hear those words, it's and, not uh, the end of the world. A great example. Well, you know, I mean, the, the main thing I can say, I mean, it, it, it is, it does seem, I mean, it, it, it's a pride thing at first. Yeah, it really is. But then when you just remember, I mean, I can still do this. You know you what know? else is a, is a pride thing? Um, 
because I went through it is is run walking. You know, you, you, you suddenly yeah. start start adding walking. You know, oh my gosh, now I'm walking during my runs. That's not really running. Well, that's a pride thing too. Just get over it. It it's is. Crazy. It is. Yeah. Just get over it and keep moving. Good for you. Good for you. Thanks for your time today. I know we, you and I tried to set this thing up two or three times and I had to keep backing out because of this silly day job I have. So, but thanks for <laughs> hanging in with me. Um, You're welcome. Thanks for I really having wanted me. to chat. Have a good day and stay in touch, huh? Good luck in Florida. Oh, thank you. Thank right. you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Episode 8.6 of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway edition. So listen, do you run 10 miles plus in your training at all? Even if you're not training for anything, do you throw that 10 miler in every now and then? If not, maybe it's a good thing to start thinking about and use Jeff's advice on how to get there safely, injury-free. There's there's actually a lot of good reasons to throw in that 10-mile-plus long run into your training, even if, if you're not training for something, just every few weeks. If you throw that 10-plus miler in every now and then just for the heck of it, maybe head over to the Extra Mile Podcast. Send me an audio submission on why you do that. Why do you throw in 10-plus just for the heck of it if you're not training for a half or something longer? And if you don't, maybe give it a shot and let us know over at that other podcast how it's going. I think... I think it's a great goal. And of course, if you need help along the way, think about Jeff Galloway's customized training program with Coach Twigs. I promise he'll get you there if that's your goal. And while we're on the topic of customized training, and we're getting close to that Christmas season and Hanukkah season, do you realize you get six months of that stuff for only 148 bucks? Actually, if you've done it before, it's it's only 78 bucks for another six months, so I think that says Merry Christmas or Happy Hanukkah, don't you? And don't think you necessarily have to buy it for yourself. You can go over there and just tell them when you sign up who it's for and when you want it to start. If you want it to start first of the year, it's a good time to start a new training program, isn't it? Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, or heck... It even says, I love you, doesn't it? Send somebody the gift of health this year. So, have you ever been told that you have to stop running? Maybe not necessarily forever. Maybe it's just because you've been injured and all the pounding is not good. So you have to pull back and just not run for a while. That can be... As I think all of us know, that can be rather depressing. It can be scary. So, once you're told that, what now? It does not mean you cannot move to stay healthy and motivated. It does not mean that you can't still get out there and get your heart rate up. Not necessarily. It is so reassuring when I hear stories 
like Connie shared today. I've had that exact same scenario told to me about not running. And moving from running to walking can actually sometimes be embarrassing. You know what? I'm not a runner anymore. You heard Connie talk about that, the mental part of that. I'm not a runner anymore. Now I just walk. I made air quotes. Well, you know what you need to do? Get the hell over it. Seriously, just get over it. You know when I remember feeling this way? The whole embarrassing part? When I started adding walk breaks at all to my runs. You know, the whole, hey, if you're walking, you're not running. Just get over it. Because it's nothing but a roadblock that will delay you moving on. So that's all I got. Uh, Assuming you're listening to this before Thanksgiving, happy Thanksgiving. I'm very thankful for this podcast and for all of the friends that I've made as a result. So thanks for that. Happy Thanksgiving for all of you in the United States. Thank you for the download today. And thanks for the five-star ratings wherever you downloaded this podcast. Those things really do help. Share this with a friend. And let's help build the community. I'm thankful for my friends over at Squish Bands, which, again, is an amazing Christmas gift. Head over there. See all the great stuff John's got over at squishbands.com. There's a link in the show notes for that. Um, Check out the show notes for Extra Mile Podcast Jeff Galloway Edition Swag. Get yourself a hat or a long sleeve, short sleeve. It's getting winter. Get yourself a long sleeve. And that's all I got. So until the next time, happy Thanksgiving. And you all enjoy your extra mile. for this edition of the Extra Mile Podcast, Jeff Galloway Edition. Please visit our website at www.thegallowayextramile.com to see the show notes for this episode of the podcast. You can email us with your feedback about the show or send your audio questions for Jeff or Chris to podcast at jeffgalloway.com. Thanks for listening and until next time, enjoy your extra mile. Oh,